Welcome to the Ponder a New Podcast. I'm Pastor Rob Myalis. And this season, it's a mini season of mini podcasts looking at the names of Jesus. And to get you going on the names, I'm just going to ask you what's on your Christmas list this year. Okay, so without further ado, thinking about that, let's get started reflecting on the names of Jesus. So what are you hoping for this Christmas? It is definitely a season of hopefulness, if not even magic and mystery. A sense that life could actually get better, that good things can come into being in this world. One of the most hopeful names for Jesus is Messiah. Messiah is this Old Testament word that means the anointed one, but it's really this one in whom the hopes rest that will finally bring about the new age. One time when I was a kid, my brother's best friend was uh, Jewish, and on occasion we would talk uh, amongst ourselves about the differences in Judaism and Christianity. And he was only maybe nine, ten, maybe eleven. I don't think he had had his bar mitzvah yet. But at some point it came up who was the most important person in your in your religion. And for Christians it's like obviously Jesus. And we assume that for him it was going to be maybe Moses or Abraham or maybe David or something. And uh, he, he kind of thought about it and then he said the Messiah. And it was, and the older I get, the more I realize just what a brilliant answer. Really, again, the Old Testament pointing towards this one person, this, this Messiah, in whom the, the hopes and fears of all the years uh, would, would be met. Jesus is referred to, is called the Messiah. And um, again, for Christians, actually, uh, yeah, it's it's really important that Jesus is the Messiah. We uh, wouldn't uh, disagree on the importance of the Messiah. Uh, for us, the difference is that we would claim that Jesus of Nazareth is, in fact, this Messiah. And in Jesus' birth, in fact, the angels proclaim to the shepherds that, uh, this is uh, Luke chapter 2, that to you a son is given, a son is born. And then it says a Savior who is the Messiah the Lord, in the city of David. And then at the end of Jesus' life, in fact, uh, the people, uh, when Jesus is on the cross, they say, you're the Messiah, save yourself. But then what we really know that it's sort of this really important name is in the middle of, of the Gospel of Matthew. And this actually happens in other Gospels too, but um, it says here, this is, Chapter 16, uh, verse 13 of Matthew's Gospel. Now when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. 
Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And he goes on to say he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. Right? This is the winner, winner, chicken dinner answer. This is the big fish. This confession is what the church will be built. So the angels are proclaiming it. They're taunting him about it on the cross. And then uh, in the middle, this is again where Jesus sort of uh, assigns Peter his leadership role and says this really is the confession that Jesus is the Messiah. So again, for us as, as Christians and Jews, we both agree that it's about the old, it's about the Messiah, the one uh, in whom uh, the, our hopes are laid, the one who will bring about the new age when, when faith becomes sight and all has been made well. The Jews say uh, this hasn't happened yet. And furthermore, the Messiah shouldn't have been the one to be crucified at the hands of the Roman Empire. And Christians make the claim, no, in fact, uh, Jesus is the Messiah. And, and just as more evidence of how important it is, really our religion is all about the term Messiah. And you might not realize it because it's called Christianity, but <laughs> Messiah and Christ are the same word. Okay, here we go again, a linguistics lesson. <laughs> Meshiach is the term uh, to anoint somebody. You know, king is anointed. Uh, the anointed one is the one who's going to come again and make all things right. But, um, well, this presented a problem for early Christians when they began to interact with people that weren't Jewish. Because what does Meshiach mean to Greek ears? And so, in fact, in John uh, chapter 1, verse 41, one of the early followers of Jesus, Jesus has begun sort of inviting and recruiting followers, disciples, and one goes to Peter, and it's his brother, and says, hey, we have seen, we have found the Messiah. It uses the transliteration, Messiah. And then it says in parentheses, which is translated Christ. You see, for the early Christians, they, they had this challenge, and that the, the word Messiah meant something to the Jewish population that many of them were in. And sometimes you'll hear that uh, it meant that Jesus, uh, as the Messiah, or whoever the Messiah would be, would be the one to lead an armed rebellion against Rome. And it's probably true that almost everybody in first century Judaism would have agreed that uh, the Roman occupation uh, was, was not sort of part of the end game. <laughs> uh, and, but, uh, but it's a little bit unfair to say all the Jews in the first century said this about the Messiah. In fact, there were many different perspectives on who the Messiah was and what the Messiah would do. Um, so you have this term that has like a lot of different meanings. Again, there's the Pharisees, Sadducees, Herodians, Zealots, Essenes, just again, just a variety of opinions about what the Messiah would do and what the Messianic age would look like. So it's a loaded term within Judaism. And then for the Greek-speaking ears, Messiah, Messiah means nothing to them. So they actually translated the message, and they used the Greek term, anointed one, and anointed in Greek is Christos. The word Christ is, is just simply the Greek for anointed. It's the Greek way that they used Messiah. Uh, so it's fascinating here that the word Jesus Christ actually is a, a Hebrew name, Jesus, uh, like Joshua, again, we covered that last week. And then the last one is a Greek 
Christos. And Jesus uh, was uh, from the Jews, but he was ultimately for the Greeks. He was for the non-speaking world. God had uh, something bigger in mind than simply the restoration of one nation or one tribe, but the healing, the salvation, as the angel says, good news of great joy for all the people. So there's something more universal about this. And just whenever you see the name Jesus Christ, it can remind you Jesus is both Jewish, but he was for uh, really the whole world, the non-Jewish population. Um, and it also that his name had to be translated. And this is something fascinating that Christianity has always been very comfortable with translation from Pentecost Sunday on. Whenever something's translated, there can be something gained, but also something lost. Uh, in, in this case, when they translated to Christos, they got to avoid, in some ways, all the baggage within Judaism about what the word Meshiach actually meant. And it's sort of, uh, but at the same time, um, they, they lost something in, in that, um, you know, this term then, what, what does it actually mean? And, and who is the anointed one? And, and where does this term kind of come from? Islam, in fact, so is uncomfortable with the idea of translation, you actually have to read Arabic, and, and you can only read the Quran in an interpretation. Uh, that Again, they don't allow translation because you have to get to the, the true word, whereas Christianity has always said, no, God is comfortable being translated. Right? God is actually comfortable being one of us as a human. Uh, this sort of the scandal of the incarnation is really embedded already in that, that name, Christos, there. Okay, so where uh, am, I, am I going with, with all of this, and, and what might the relevance of this uh, be for us today? Well, as Christians today, we find ourselves um, in a world in which a lot of our vocabulary as Christians is loaded down with a lot of baggage. Uh, so I, I think, what are words that, for you, when you think about you're not even quite sure what they really mean. You just know they're sort of churchy words, or they're even churchy words that people disagree about. You know, the word sin, atonement, sacrament, communion, baptism. You know, what do these words sort of really mean? Again, we sort of use them, but they may mean different things to different sort of uh, strains of Christianity. And a lot of two of our vocabulary may not make sense to a broader world. Right? I mean... Um, the, the angel proclaims, I bring you good news to the shepherds. Well, the word for good news is evangelical, evangelion. But today, the word evangelical may be more associated uh, with, uh, with political stances rather than angels' proclamations on the night of Christmas. Um, so we are in this time where there's this, and again, I'm sure you can think of some of these terms where a lot of the terms we have may not easily translate to a sort of a non-Christian uh, audience out there, um, the people in our lives who aren't necessarily involved in, in faith communities. The duns, uh, they're done with church, or the nuns, they're not involved at all. So what can we do? Well, Christmas can be a time when people become more open to the, the message uh, of the gospel for a variety of reasons. And I think actually this term Messiah or Christ can give us a way to think about how we engage with people who aren't in, in church around this time of year. And that's what that question that I asked earlier about hope and, and asking people what our hopes are 
um, what are, you know, behind your sort of Christmas list, yeah, like, yeah, what, what do you want? And, and then hopefully to sort of explore together what, what might it mean for Jesus really to be the, the anointed one who comes to fulfill our hopes. And in terms then of our own a prayer life then, to think about when we pray to Jesus as Messiah or Jesus as Christ, to, to pray to one whom we know many people have gone through great trials and tribulations, have prayed to in hope that there one day would be uh, all things made right, and to go to God uh, with our hopes, with our expectations, with our Christmas wish, Christmas wish list, um, to the God um, who is always a God of hope, who makes all things right. So that was the word Messiah or Christ today. You got two words for the, for the price of one. And I hope, again, this reflection on hope and, and translation uh, gives you both uh, for, for yourself and, and how you might share uh, the news of uh, this Christmas.